Hi everybody, Johnny Mays here. Welcome to the podcast. So happy that you're with us here on this Lord's Day in my town of Lodi. Uh, it's a beautiful day and I'm looking forward to being with uh, uh, all of you uh, on these podcasts. I look forward to it each and every day and I pray that it'll be a blessing to you and to your friends and I thank you for sharing them forward to people in your family and to your all of your loved ones, as well as those whom you care about in the Lord. You know, God loves us so very much, doesn't he? Think about that. Think about that strongly, that he loves you. He loves you. And he's with you through it all. Through it all, the dim and the dark, uh, through it all. And he sings songs about you. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Think about that. You know, when I see this verse, I think of the picture of the mother and child, the mother holding her baby up close to her and perhaps rocking her and and singing the lullaby over her and with love and concern and care. That truly is a picture of love. But if we're not careful, my friends, our relationship with God can become very generic. It's easy to adapt to a generic relationship with God. Oh, I know you know God cares for you. But of course you say, well, yeah, but he cares for everybody. And so how sad to think of him as just the God who punishes us or the God who pats us on the head when we do right. You see, there will be times, and I hope that we can overcome those times, when our faith in God feels mundane, when there's this seeming thirst that goes unsatisfied. You know, when that happens, my friend, you need to stop right there and take inventory of the world around you. You can see that, you can see God everywhere, but I'm not talking about just in creation. I'm talking about in humanity. So don't try to dwell on the obvious or the latest news reports of all this crime and all this instability and chaos. Look about you. Notice. Look down the, down the block there is the neighbor mowing his lawns or the kids are playing a game of stickball in the street. And if you listen closely, you can hear the ice cream man. He just blocks away a man in the neighborhood. You see, when you look about you, you find that People are coming and going. Their lives are being, you know, lived out very much like yours. I'm talking about people of every color, of every creed, of every financial status. But you see, when you stop to think about them, you remember that on the cross of Calvary, Jesus died for each of them. Each of them. Every one of them. God loves every one of them just like he loves you. And when you think of that beauty of God's love, this is the love 
that will help you survive those spiritually dry times. So don't let the lies of this world or the lies of the enemy sink into your mind. That when you feel spiritually alone, let me tell you something. This doesn't indicate that God has forgotten you, amen, or he's tired of you. Far from it. In fact, the most faithful and happy Christians in history have experienced days of spiritual darkness. So you're not alone. We've all been there. Can you say amen? But think of a moment in your life when you were brought to tears, when you were overwhelmed by your, and you, and you were in despair. Let me tell you something. God feels that about you. That's right. He pines over you. He aches over you. He loves you so much. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that God's love never fails. And when you look at that chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, the verb that Paul uses for the word fail, it's used everywhere in the Bible. It's used to describe the demise of a flower as it falls to the ground and withers and decays. It also carries the meaning of death and abolishment. But God's love, says the apostle, never does that. God's love will never fall to the ground and wither and decay. For it is by nature everlasting, eternal love. It's permanent. It is never abolished. It never dies. It never ends. God's love will never come to an end. God's love never fails. Yes, governments will fail. Amen. But God's love will continue. Crowns are temporary, but God's love is eternal. Your money may run out, but his love never will. How could God have a love like this, you may ask yourself. Think about it for a moment. How could God love? God loves so very deeply because God is love. And no one that you know or I know has unfailing love. No person can love with perfection. And that's true. No person can. But see, God's not a person like you and I. Unlike our love, his love never fails. His love is so immensely different from ours. You see, our love depends on the receiver of the love. I mean, you can let a thousand people pass in front of you and you'll not feel the same about each one of them because our love is regulated by personalities or by appearance. And even when we find a few people we like, even with them, our feelings fluctuate. They go up and down. How they treat us will affect how we feel about them. Amen. Because the receiver, the receiver of love regulates our love. Listen, not so with the love of God. We have no thermostatic impact on his love for us. See, the love of God is born from within him. Not from what he finds in us. It's not why God loves you by what he's discovered about you. His love is uncaused. His love is spontaneous. As Charles Wesley said, he hath loved us. He hath loved us because he would love. Does he love us because of our goodness? Because of our kindness? Because of our great faith? No. He loves us because of his goodness. Because of his kindness. Because of his great faith. What did John say in 1 John 4.10? This is love. Not that we love God, 
but that he loved us. Doesn't this thought just fill your heart with joy and comfort you? God's love does not hinge on yours. The abundance of your, of your love does not increase his. The lack of your love does not diminish his. Your goodness does not enhance his love, nor does your weakness dilute it. Think about that for a moment. And when you do, think about the words of Moses. Amen. The Lord did not choose you and lavish his love on you because you were larger or greater than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. It was simply because the Lord loves you. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 7 through 8. See, my friend, God loves you simply because he has chosen to do so. And the Bible tells us that in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Let's think about that for a minute. Jesus, who's God's perfect expression of his attitude toward you, he cries over you. He doesn't just love in action. He loves an emotion. Though you may think God is upset by you, in a, think of it in a good way, that all things he had promised will work together for you good. So it can't be overstated. I can't overstate it to you today that he loves you. I know we live in a frightening world and all around us there's threats. Threats with loss, threats with decay, threats with suffering, with aging, with slipping into a place we don't want to be. But let me tell you something, friends. God is beyond and above all that. Amen. God is in love with you. Isn't saying too much. God is in love with you. God is utterly devoted to you. Amen. He's fascinated with you like a father is with his son or daughter. Amen. He's brought to tears by his love for you. If something tangles you up and distracts you from that, I just tell you today, cut it loose. Amen. You don't need more good news than this today, I'm telling you. Whether it's the first day you belong to Christ or it's your 50th year with your walk with him. If you are a Christian, I want you to understand that you are loved. His love for you is not based upon your performance. It's based upon the perfect merit of Jesus Christ. You don't have to move at all because you are loved. You don't have to be big. You don't have to be the next apostle. God loves you, and don't you ever forget that. Think about that, my friends. Please understand this today. Amen and amen. Remember, though our feelings come and go, God's love for us does not. So, it's surprisingly simple, this message I'm sharing with you today. Amen. Because we understand that true faith is demonstrating our love to others and to God and maintaining our absolute trust in God's love for us, regardless of our circumstances. We can find joy today, my friend, and we can find peace in our lives and look forward with hope to the promise of spending eternity in the presence of God's love in heaven. It's a simple message that leaves us with a simple choice, and that is this. We must remember and we must believe. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. I pray that you'll have a good Lord's Day 
and have a wonderful day with family and friends and loved ones and a joyful day with your friend of friends, your forever friend, the God and Savior of your soul, who indeed loves you with an everlasting love. Amen and amen.